Dude, we don't care who listening and who not listening. What's going on? Pacer Pod here. Hope everybody's doing good. It's Monday night, a little after nine. No Pacer action tonight. Um, how's everybody doing? Hopefully, hopefully well. Um, I had a good, a good weekend, was in Chicago, saw a little concert, um, Andrew McMahon in the wilderness, who used to go by Jack's mannequin, something corporate, um, he was the headliner. My wife and I have seen him five times at least. Uh, he always puts on a heck of a show. It was awesome. Uh, his new stuff, I haven't really got into as much. So it wasn't quite as good as some of the other shows for me. But overall, it was great. Um, it was loud. Yeah, there's a lot of people going crazy, which I was kind of like, damn. Uh, I kind of forgot. But they weren't going crazy, crazy like mosh pitting or anything, but <laughs> there's people that were pretty drunk. And that's uh, usually me. So I think I've hit a point in life where I don't have to be that person at a concert now. And I'm not saying I'll never do it again, but it, it certainly was better. <laughs> Imagine that. It was better not being drunk at concert. Um, yeah, I'm finding that to be true in a lot of instances. Like, I don't... Starting to lose the... Uh, getting drunk is losing its... I don't know what that is. It's, uh, it's grips on me. I still... Now, the, the idea of a drinker, too, that's still, that's still pretty prevalent. I like that. But yeah, just like, I don't know, maybe that's just what it, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, I suppose, when you get older. Uh, and it just kind of happened naturally, which is nice. Uh, so yeah, had a, oh, I, well, what I, what was I talking about? What, oh, yeah, because I wasn't drunk at a concert, patting myself on the back for that. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> probably not normal. Um, anyways. This isn't a desperate podcast. It was an awesome concert, though. Uh, Floor was the second band, and Grizzfolk was the opener. So Grizzfolk, they're pretty, they're solid. I mean, they're 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 a band that takes me almost there, but there's a, they leave a little left to be desired. I I think they they kind of rock out, but just don't quite go all the way, in, in my opinion. So, but they're still good, and uh, 
So they're they're really solid first band, but then Floor F L O R is this band that just started listening to a while ago, and they're awesome, and they they put on a really good show. So they were the highlight for me, and I think my wife would probably say the same. I don't know if we actually talked about that, but um, yeah, it was awesome. The other cool thing was being in Chicago, you know, just being in the city and getting to hang out with, uh, well, I got to have dinner one night with my brother, uh, I guess the only night I was there, but uh, that was cool. And um, just being in the city is so much different than being in the country where I live now. It's like just a, it's a totally different world. And each, I, I like, there's pros and cons to both of them. I, uh, I don't know, there's just something, like, it's when I go to the city, I just think, man, I wonder, it's, I just, I feel like I should experience what that's like to live in a city, because it just seems so different every time I go. I, I just like, I love seeing all the, all the people, and, like, diversity, and uh, just, I don't know, it's just sweet. I like it. Um, so, but both my brothers are, 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 you know, getting ready to, so both my brothers live there now, and I think that they're both wanting to not be there much longer, and I don't know exactly why, but I think some of it might have to do with the, you know, like just the crowded, the crowdedness of cities, so I probably, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty much, uh, we're cut from the same cloth, so I, I'm, I could see myself not really liking it. Uh, but I, I think I just want to experience it. And it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of, I'm, I don't know. It's, it, you know, it's like, you should just go for it, probably. That's what I'm thinking. I think you just got to go for it. Um, but yeah, so that was just a little bit about my weekend. Um, this past week, you know, like, I'll get into the Pacers here. That, uh, I didn't really watch that. I didn't really watch that much of the games. Like I watched, uh, so the Pacers had four games. I watched the Detroit game and I watched some of the Minnesota game, but I didn't catch any of the Dallas game or any of the Orlando game. Um, and I'm trying to figure out exactly why I didn't, but I think a lot of it had to do probably with the fact that my wife was at her job interview, so she was gone, and I don't know. But uh, I have found some new content that's been awesome. There's this show, uh, so Your Mom's House, the podcast, they've got a spinoff show with Dr. Drew, and it's like Dr. Drew's love line. I think it's called Dr. Drew After Dark, uh, but I've been watching that on YouTube. It's fucking hilarious. I mean... This last one, well, it was hilarious and also just, um, I don't know, so disturbing <laughs> um, watching it. But this last episode had Bobby Lee on it, who's a comedian. The first episode was awesome with Christina Pazinski, and then the second episode was awesome with Tom Segura. And now the third one, it's, uh, I would recommend it. It's really interesting. Uh, and then also just got into the Ted Bundy Netflix. 
uh, the Ted Bundy doc on Netflix. And damn, that's a crazy one. Uh, that's a lot of people to kill. Oh, that's disturbing. But um, anyways, I just, uh, you know, that's what I guess I've been doing rather than watching the Pacers. Um, but I'm back on it. Uh, and that just highlights, you know, this is just a podcast for the casual fan, you know. Um, I, I definitely watch almost all the games, but I do miss some every once in a while. Uh, but anyways... I did kind of do some research and, and kept up with what was going on. And like I mentioned earlier, the Pacers were off to, uh, well, this past week was a struggle struggle bus. Uh, is that? Yeah, struggle bus. Three losses and one win. Uh, the, these, these were all games that the Pacers could have won. They were against teams that I would consider inferior with uh, the Pistons, the Mavericks, Timberwolves, Orlando, all, th all four of those teams have significantly worse records than the, than the Pacers. But, you know, we only got one of the four, and we're hanging on by the skin of our teeth. Is that this expression? Skin of our teeth? 41 and 23 in, uh, in third place in the Eastern Conference. So... Half a game ahead of Philly, three games up on Boston. The Pacers are hanging in there, um, but it's going to get really hard here. The the next couple, well, really till towards until the the end of the season, they got a tough schedule. Um, but yeah, I think you know we'll just see what happens. It, it's interesting because Boston's really struggling. Um, but I still don't like the Pacers' chances against Boston in a playoff series, but it could happen. I mean, especially if, you know, if we can get Turner turned back or like Turner getting, he's been struggling lately. Um, I, I think I'll probably mention that later, but Turner's struggling. Um, Sabonis is injured. Tyreek hasn't been playing. Obviously we're missing Oladipo. Um, we're really stretching this team. But I think the Pacers are going to finish it strong. And by that, I mean, we may end up losing a bunch of games down the stretch here, but I don't th think the Pacers are going to quit. And I think that they're going to be fired up for a playoff series. And I think they're going to believe that they can win a playoff series. And this, the... To me, it comes down to what, who are the Pacer, Pacers now? Like, what does this team look like with Turner and Sabonis? Um, I don't know. This It's just been so... Miles has really been struggling since... Uh, what was that? He I think he was out. I know he missed a couple games. Um with some injury. I don't remember what the injury was, but he has his stats and, and just, you know, I, I know I mentioned that I didn't watch a lot of these games, but the ones that I did, I mean, he's struggling and he doesn't look like he has his confidence back anymore, but you know, he's, 
he's still leading the league in blocks. He's still an effective player, I think. I, um, it's just his his offensive game has kind of been uh, it's been pretty pretty lackadaisical here. Um, but he's a young guy too. Uh, I don't know. It'll just be interesting. I, I can see the Pacers. You know, we obviously have have Bogey, who's who's been playing really well. He's scoring the ball. Um, but as the number one option, it's just tough to side bogey and, and Collison will score a little bit. That is, you know, that is kind of hit or miss. Um, it's been nice with Wesley Matthews getting that, that solid 14 a night. Uh, I saw Wesley Matthews was, he's averaging three threes a game when he's with the Pacers. Um, He's been he's been playing really well, shooting forty two percent from the three, and like ninety six percent from free throw. But it was on like four attempts a game or something. I mean, he was getting to the line, so he's 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 been a good pickup. I, I like that. Um, but you know, just to get it, just to kind of touch, I did I did watch the the Pistons game, and the Pistons really exposed. I think one of the weaknesses of the Pacers, which is interior defense and rebounding. And that's what the team always talks about is they need to rebound. Um, and I think especially missing Sabonis, although Sabonis played against Detroit, uh, I guess it really comes down to Turner. I, Turner does not play very well against the better big men in the league who are physically dominating and and the Pistons have Andre Drummond who is exactly what gives Turner a ton of problems and Drummond just had a huge game Blake Griffin almost had a triple double um but the Pacers fought and fought and stayed in this game Sabonis ended up with 23 points and seven rebounds unfortunately he got Injured with about one minute to go. And it was such a weird thing because I think the Pistons were up by 10 points or so with, I'll call it two or three minutes in the game. And the Pacers just kept go coming at him and they were like fouling the Pistons and full court pressing the Pistons and just never quitting. And they ended up getting the, the score pretty darn close. And it was getting physical and it was getting real chippy. Um, Thad, I think, I don't know if Thad fouled out or he got his second technical or he, maybe he got a flagrant foul. I, I don't exactly remember, but it was, it was really, it was really tense. And, you know, Blake Griffin, he's kind of known for being a, uh, what do you, you know, just kind of like stirring up the pot, kind of a shit stirrer. And I think guys like to go at Blake. And so anyways, he just seems to always be in little, little mix-ups. Um, and so the Pacers and Pistons had plenty of that in this game. And then there was also, they showed this the first time the Pacers and Pistons played this year. There was beef at the end of the game because Kyle Quinn dunked the ball or something. And uh, these Pistons players were all pissed off. But so these two teams are not... Um, getting along very well and I think they they play 
they were saying this in the broadcast of this game that they play each other like two times in a row or two times in three days or four days or something like that. Um, so that ought to be interesting. Um, it would also be interesting if the Pacers and Pistons ended up being in the playoffs. But I'm looking at the Pacers and I'm like, I don't think we really have anybody that would... Because that what I'm thinking of, this reminded me of the Malice at the Palace, you know, back in the... When was that? 2003, 2004? Ron Artest lays on the scorer's bench as Ben Wallace is scuffling with, I don't know, the refs or something. And then somebody in the crowd throws a, a, a beer cup, lands on Ron Artest. And then this is where it gets a little sketchy in my memory. I believe that's when Ron Artest climbs into the stands and goes after the guy that threw the beer cup. And then all of a sudden there's like fans running on the court. And then you see this, I, I can still remember this one image of Jermaine O'Neal, the Pacers best player. Um, and the Pacers were good this year too, by the way. And so were the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons were, the Pistons might've ended up winning the championship this year. But, uh, but Jermaine O'Neal, about six foot 11, lanky, long arms, clocks this fan that's running across, running across on the court, just clocks this dude right in the face, knocks him off his feet. You got like three or four Pacer players up in the stands of, uh, in Detroit punching fans. And like the fans are punching the players. And then like the refs are just like trying to get like it was just complete chaos and this probably went on for five to seven to ten minutes before they were able to get the players corralled and get them to go on to, into the locker room and like i just and there's images of you know the players coming into the locker room and there's uh fans reaching over the stands and pouring beers onto the players as they're walking off the court and they're like trying to climb up the <laughs> climb up the stands to get to these people, and it was just like I was just watching this, just in shock. I mean, what an unbelievable thing to see! And I can't imagine if you would have been at that game, uh, but the aftermath of that of of that mouse in the palace was, you know. The Pacers losing Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, um, Stephen Jackson, I think, was another one who got fine or uh, who got suspended for a long time. Artest was out for the entire season, so that you know he was arguably the Pacers' second, third best player there because of his defense. And that you look at it, they had a good team there. Jermaine O'Neal was a stud; he was an All Star. Uh, I believe that was Reggie's last year. I could be totally making that up. He might have already retired. I think it was maybe Reggie's last... That was Reggie's last season, I believe. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Steven Jackson, yeah. Just uh, Jamal Tinsley. Just some really good... Uh, pretty good team. But season was tanked because of this of this incident. Um, so this near... I don't, I don't see this, this escalating to that. <laughs> um, but it was getting frisky, for sure. 
Uh, I just don't know who in the Pacers would be willing to take it to that level. Um, same thing with the Pistons. I don't know, man. Maybe there's not that many players these days that would take it to that level. I mean, I'd say like Draymond Green, yes, he would. Boogie Cousins, yes, he would. But on the Pacers team, I mean, maybe Bogdanovich. <laughs> he he gets technicals quite. I mean, regularly. Yeah, Bogdanovich maybe. Um. There's no way Turner's going into the stands. Sabonis, maybe? He wanted to mix it up. Yeah, Sabonis gets pissed when he plays. He's got that... Uh, his face gets real red, and it just looks like he's been physical, you know? he's he's. That's why I love when Sabonis plays. And I'm a little concerned about this injury because... So he goes out in this game against the Pistons... And uh, fast forward to the end of this podcast, but the Pacers' next game is tomorrow uh, against Chicago, and Sabonis is already out for that game. And so I'm just a little concerned here uh, about what's going on. But uh, So I don't anticipate the Pacers and Pistons becoming a rivalry like they used to be, but there's no, it's definitely uh, bad blood between the two teams at the moment. Uh, so after the Pacers lost to Detroit, they went to Dallas for an away game. Uh, Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, it had 26 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Um, he obviously, well, I shouldn't say that. That's a stupid thing to say. I was going to say he obviously was treating this as a bounce-back game against the Pacers. But it's like, he's a great player. He probably would have done this anyways. Just so happened he had a bad game against the Pacers the first time. But uh, anyways, Luca had a good game. I saw that the Pacers were down. So the score was 110 to 101. But the Pacers were only down four points with a minute and a half left. And then Luca hit a couple threes. And uh, Pacers ended up losing by nine. That was a game I didn't watch. So um, I don't really have much else to say about that one. Then the Pacers got their their only win of the week, a home win against the Timberwolves, 122-115. to uh, Carl Anthony Towns scored 23 points in the first quarter of this game. Just tore Miles Turner apart. Um, highlights for the Pacers, Bogey got 37 points. TJ Leaf had 18. Uh, the Pacers are still without Sabonis. For this, obviously, I just mentioned that, but they were uh, also they've been out with uh, not having Tyreek Evans. So Tyreek missed a game for food poisoning, and then I don't know if that's why he's still out, or I'm I think I believe I saw he was out with like a an ankle or a knee injury and uh, was just being rested. So I don't know what's going on with Tyreek, but we haven't had Tyreek or Sabonis these past, uh, you know, one, two, well, three games. 
Um, but the Pacers ended up getting the win, you know, and it was interesting because I, the Minnesota Minnesota has a 32-year-old coach, Ryan Saunders, and I can't imagine being an NBA coach. But good for him. But Minnesota, man, they're not they're they're not very good. And other than other than Carl Anthony Towns, nobody really had a good game on Minnesota. Uh, Towns just feasted on the Pacers' interior defense. Uh, then the last game of the week, still no Sabonis, no Tyreek. Loss at home to the Orlando Magic, who the Magic have been playing better of late. I, they beat they beat a couple of good teams, um, but you know, just as a game that if you're the Pacers and you're trying to hang on to that three seed with the schedule ahead, I you just got to win these games and and unfortunately we didn't. Um, but there's still time and. With Boston not playing well, a 4-5 matchup with them, I mean, who knows? Maybe we, the Pacers could still win a playoff series, even, even losing the number three seed. But, so that was the, those, those, that's kind of a recap of the games this week. One and three, um, kind of a bummer week. Uh, one of the things, one of the trends I've been noticing, and this is not, um well it I don't I don't know if it's just Miles Turner. I, I think he's the main culprit of this, but there's opposing the, the opposing big men going against the Pacers have been destroying. Um it just seems like every time the Pacers go against a team with a competent big man, he has season best type numbers um you know just over this last stretch i was looking back and because i remember i remember thinking about this whenever uh it was a game this season against philly against Embiid, and turner was just getting destroyed i mean he just couldn't handle Embiid, and those physical big men that can score the ball in a low post give the Pacers nightmares and especially the ones that are active on the boards because Turner is constantly out of position. Um, but so just look at I, this. is This is what I look, I was looking at and I couldn't believe these stats. So the game against the Pistons Drummond had 26 points, 16 rebounds, nine of the nine of the 16 rebounds were offensive. Drummond also had three blocks and two steals. And then the Pacers, Miles Turner, same game, he had seven points and five rebounds and was three of 10 from the field. And, you know, allowed nine offensive rebounds. And it's, you, I'm not putting them all on Miles, but, you know, he just got outmatched. And these head to head matchups, I think Turner has to start taking these more, a little bit more personal. And understand that he's he should be the feature of our team right now, especially with Sabonis out. I mean, 
get the ball to Turner. And Turner needs to do something with it. But that, that's what I don't know. Maybe he's not healthy because he just came back from that injury. He had been playing so good. And now he's back. And he just hasn't been putting up the numbers. But uh, let, let me just continue on here. So that's an example. Drummond just destroys us. Luckily, you know, Turner does give you blocks and steals. If he wasn't giving us those blocks and steals, um, it would probably be panic, full-blown panic mode in Pacerland, if it's not already, because um, it doesn't really get much better. Uh, another game this past week, Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, premier big man in the league, 42 points, 17 rebounds, six of which are offensive rebounds, four assists. I mentioned earlier, 23 points in the first quarter. Damn. <laughs> Damn. What Miles Turner do? Three points, one rebound on four shot attempts. He did have six blocks, though. So, you love those blocks, but man, what a garbage game. Especially when you're, when you're at the, when the guy that you should be trying to close the gap, you know, is uh, like, make it right you know you couldn't even have a conversation now if, if towns or turner is more valuable it's obviously towns but i think if you're turner if you're the player that we think you're going to be or the player that you're capable of being you should be we need to see you starting to close the gap in that conversation like he was starting like turner was starting to get some respect the second half of the season and bill simmons was talking about him in the uh the trade column or the trade whatever trade ranking thing that he does. And Turner was getting some attention, uh, but this these types of games are like, I don't know, it just makes you question like, well, who are you? Uh, and I don't know, once again, maybe it's an injury. Um, and if it is, I guess it's like, dear God, please rest him. Let's not, let's not play him out anymore. This season's already, like, I would I would sit Turner until he's 100%. Unless it gets to be like, I mean, I see playing him when he's a little banged up in the playoffs. But not in these regular season games, especially when we're not even winning. Now, that's a stupid thing. that you should, That's not a reason to not play him because you're not winning. But if he's not healthy, don't play him. Um... Yeah, so it's quite the, quite the difference there between Carl Anthony Towns and Turner. Uh, the game against Orlando, Vucevic, 27 points, 8 rebounds, dominated, dominating field goal percentage uh, in the paint. Um, just, just like a week or two ago, Thomas Bryant, 23 points, 12 rebounds. These are like uh, career, career nights for these players. Um, well, not Vucevic, but Thomas Bryant and... You know, Giannis, 33 points, 19 rebounds. I mentioned Embiid. It just goes on and on. And in the upcoming schedule here, we're going to have to see what he can do against Steven Adams, against uh, Boogie Cousins, you know, Joel Embiid. Uh, the next two games are against, well, I, you know, we've got Chicago, but then it goes, they, the Pacers go to Milwaukee and then to Philly. So it's not going to get any easier. Um, 
So fingers crossed that Turner can get this figured out. And um, he had a better game against Orlando. I don't have his stats in front of me, but I think he got double digits and maybe like six boards. So I don't know. Um, let's see. I have a pet peeve. And I think I remember, and, I, and I'd be interested to know if anybody has the same memories I do on this, but like, I thought it used to be a thing that you, you would always, you know, it's the end of the first quarter, three seconds left, you inbound the ball to your point guard. Like, you're going to get that shot off, I thought. I thought that was just kind of the standard uh, rule that everybody played with, even two seconds, or or maybe even like a one second. If there are one second on the clock, you still you still heave it. If you can get the if you can take if you can get a shot off, you take it. And then I think I remember hearing or seeing like some players would just not do it, and it would be like, oh, did they just are they doing it because they just don't want to hurt the field goal percentage? And I think it might have been guys that were like, you know. Maybe like the James Harden or something, I'm, and I'm just making this up on the spot. But like someone who's always going to inbound the ball, if he takes Chuck's four, let's say he gets two of them, two shots a game or whatever. Like how much is it really hurting your percentage? Um, but anyways, I just think that's bullshit. Shoot the ball, especially if your team's losing. Like I get it if you're up 20 maybe, but whenever you're down and you still don't, chuck a half quarter with a second to go. It's like, that's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, shoot the ball. I mean, cause you, you got, you're an NBA player. You got a decent chance of hitting it. I mean, and they're, they're make for awesome highlights. It's exciting. Uh, so please always shoot the ball if you can get it off. Uh, what I, while I was watching the games, it's interesting getting the local commercials. Um, the Indiana Lotto scratch-off commercials now feature Joey Lawrence, where he has a, uses his catchphrase of woe to uh, explain how exciting and um, smart, um, how, how good of an investment scratch-off tickets are. And I just am wondering how, how much how much are we paying him to, to do that? And and how is it I don't know, like why is the government paying like why do they have an advertisement for the for scratch offs? I don't know it's like I don't know why you need to advertise that but I did find out because I was actually just said oh you know I want to know how much did Joey Lawrence get did he get like 10 grand did he get uh 100 bucks what what, what is what are we paying for for our ads and because I mean I'm sure that's coming out of the, the tax taxpayer but I did find out that Indiana, it, 
it's like a, there's a private company a private company that runs the the lotto and i don't know i mean maybe that's good maybe that's not but i did see that in some states like illinois winners the state couldn't even pay the winnings but yet they still sold the scratch off tickets it's just crazy it's crazy that it's crazy that we go to work every day you know you spend your your best hours of the day most of us i guess if we're lucky right if we can afford if we have a job that um that allows us to to make a decent living you know we we give our best hours to this to this work and our government says here we <laughs> you know i don't okay i'm just gonna well it's like they take a third of it let's just call it a third and that's being generous it's more probably like it's, pro it's probably more than a third but they say we're gonna take that so you know four months out of the year you're working for uncle sam and your company has to it's not like like your company's paying that and so you're missing out on that income but i don't know it's just crazy that we pay that much money into the system and yet look at the results like they can't balance a budget they spend us like we're in so much debt and like we ultimately just keep paying for the craziness that's going on right now like how crazy is that like there's a state that is selling lottery tickets to its like who buys lottery tickets right it's like a lot of times it's lower class but not that's not like uh whatever like poor people buy lottery tickets and then someone hits it someone wins and then the state doesn't pay or can't pay because they don't have the money it's like well where the fuck's the money at <laughs> but uh i don't know it's just a just a bummer bummer that some like you think about politics and it's just like geez what is going on what is going on with this stuff but i don't know what you do i don't have the answer for that one um but we'll see here the pacers have a must win game i think next i think tomorrow against chicago must win gotta make a statement because the gauntlet cups gauntlet comes on now thursday national tv they got the tnt game uh at milwaukee and then sunday afternoon at philadelphia on abc so two nationally televised games coming up this week this game against chicago leading leading into these we need a win um we got to beat chicago get some sort of momentum get some confidence and then let's give milwaukee a run and let's you know these these two games milwaukee and 76ers that'll be um that'll be super telling as to what this team's capable of doing um 
Let's just hope we can compete and that the game's not over with in the third quarter. So. All right. Sorry for rambling there about the government. Probably took that a little too far. Um, used to have a podcast called Crossing Comfort Zones, if you want to hear um, ex extensive rants about the government um, that are not well thought out and biased. I don't want to forget that part. So, anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, let's go Pacers, right? Let's, uh, hopefully we can definitely beat Chicago and get one win, either Milwaukee or 76ers. That'd be a hell of a week. What do you say? All right, wish everyone the best. Thanks for checking out the pod, and I'll be back later. Peace.